All right, tonight we'll continue. It's been a few weeks, but tonight we'll continue in our uh, uh, chronological study uh, through the Bible here. And so you can go ahead and turn over to Genesis 24, Genesis 24, and uh, we'll read verses 1 through 10. And let's see, last time uh, we talked about, of course, Genesis 22 and uh, Isaac as the uh, 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 testimony, as a, as a type of uh, Christ there being willing to lay down his life. And Abraham is a type of uh, the father there and what a beautiful picture that was. And, of course, uh, Isaac didn't have to give his life, but just the fact that it was in his heart, amen, uh, was enough uh, to glorify the Father. And, of course, that beautiful thought that as they were going up the one side of the mountain, that ram was going upside the other. And so, hey, you can know no matter how it appears on your side, amen, God is doing something great on uh, the other side. So we trust him. We trust him, amen, with what we see. We trust him with what we don't see and know that he was always working on our behalf. He's always working on our uh, betterment, betterment. And we saw how uh, his sacrifice was a, a beautiful picture of all sacrifices uh, in the Old Testament, how the, the offering had to be a male uh, without blemish and the fact that he was uh, a, a, a male and was willing Amen. That showed his heart and it had to be offered voluntarily. And of course, Abraham voluntarily offered his son and Isaac was, the volu uh, was willing to volunteer for that. And of course, it was to be killed and the blood sprinkled. Of course, that didn't happen with Isaac, but we know in the mind of God it did because he was willing. But of course, it was actually the ram uh, whose blood was shed there. And, uh, and that, that, that beautiful thought that how the lamb had to be uh, uh, held in for four days and then sacrificed and how uh, it took uh, four days for that to take uh, place there with Isaac and just a lot of uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, pictures there. And so tonight we're going to finish up with Abraham and get a little bit into the life of Isaac. So Genesis 24, and we'll just read verses 1 through 10. Genesis 24 says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord and the God of heaven and the God of the earth that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go into my country and go to my, into my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither again. Verse 7. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. Verse 10, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. Let us pray again. 
Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just praise you and glory in you and boast in you. Lord, I'm glad we can give testimony in our generation that you do with all things well. I'm glad we can lean on you and rest in your faithfulness, uh, dear God. And Lord, again, I pray for each one here, each one that's listening in tonight and participating in this service. God, help them. Lord, we think of the physical needs. We think of Brother Pitt. We think of Sister Dot. Uh, we think of uh, uh, others there. Lord, we think of spiritual needs. Lord, people that might need salvation, people that might just need encouragement uh, along the way, people that need your wisdom. Lord, we think of our young people tonight and, Lord, important decisions that they need to make at this age and stage in their life. Uh, dear God, that you would guide them. And, Lord, they would turn to you and not the wisdom of the world, dear God. And you'd help them to make right decisions according to the precepts and principles of the word of God. So, Lord, as we look at these thoughts tonight in your word, uh, Lord, help them to be an example unto us, dear God. And Lord, we might follow the examples that you give us in your word. Lord, we want to be uh, completely devoted to you uh, as uh, Abraham was and these others here, dear God. Lord, in our day and age, we want people to see, uh, Lord, that you can still live a godly life. You can still live, uh, dear God, the Christian life. Uh, dear God, you can still glorify God in this day and age and be a witness to others. And so, Lord, again, we yield ourselves and commit ourselves to thee that in everything Jesus Christ might have the preeminence and you would build your local church in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, so we look at these uh, uh, verses concerning Abraham. And so Abraham commands his trusted servant, right, uh, to go to Haran and choose a wife for Isaac. And, of course, as we're going to see, and, of course, we've looked at this portion of Scripture before, how he's a wonderful type, a beautiful type of the Holy Spirit of God. So, and then upon reaching his destination, uh, the servant kneels down outside the city and prays for wisdom. Now, this is a, one of the a very remarkable uh, uh, prayer that you see here, uh, not only because of its great faith that the servant shows, but because it was answered even before it was finished. And I want you to notice that it was answered even before it was finished. The servant asked God to show him which girl he desired for Isaac by causing her to offer both him and the thirsty camel some water. And note the result. Look at verse uh, 15 of Genesis 24, and notice what it says. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born uh, to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Notice those uh, words in that verse. Again, Genesis 24, and it came to pass, listen, before he had done speaking, amen. Uh, that's an exciting thought right there. Hey, listen, the Lord knows before we pray, he knows what we have need of. Listen to Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8. Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8 say this in the word of God. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Verse 8 of Matthew 6. But, ye, but not ye, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth. Amen. Your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now we still need to pray. Amen. We still need to show that, uh, exercise that faith and, uh, uh, and step out there and ask. Right. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Right. And so, but uh, he knows, amen, and, and what a wonderful thing that is, that he knows and he cares 
and he delights. Now, come on. We know uh, the Bible tells us, don't we delight to do things for our children? Right? And uh, we may know what they want even before they ask, but we like to hear them ask it. Boy, listen, we love to do things for our children, and we doubly like to do things for the grandchildren. Amen? Can I get a witness there? Amen? Right? For the grandchildren. And so, what a wonderful thought that is. But, he, but, but it even goes a step further. Not only does he know before we pray, but I love what it says in Romans 8. Romans 8. Everybody knows verse 28, but listen to Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Hey, uh, he knows even before we pray but even when we don't know what to pray or how to pray, amen, he can get the prayer through. I mean, sometimes when, when those things happen in life and our, our heart is so burdened and, and, and really we just, if you maybe you've been there, if you just, you know, fall before God and you know, amen, that you need his help. You know that you need his guidance. You know you need him to step in and give you that little something, amen, in your heart and soul that only can come from him. But you lay there and you just, oh, you just sort of, if you can even say the words, oh God, amen, he knows the Holy Spirit can step in, amen. And that's why I like that verse 26 verse 28 says what we know but in verse 26 says we know not amen and how do we go from not knowing to knowing when we turn it over to God amen we can walk into that prayer room not knowing but we can walk out of that prayer room knowing and what happened between walking in not knowing and walking out uh, uh, knowing amen we yielded to God and said God thou knowest and he said, I do, amen. And the Holy Spirit takes in and intercedes for you and gets the job done. What a wonderful boy. Prayer's a, a hard thing to understand, but it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. And so what a beautiful picture that is before he had done speaking, amen. God was already preparing. And what's amazing, you know, that amazes me. A side note how, you know, he was coming from wherever he was coming from far away, and she wasn't that far away, but they arrived at the same time. That always amazes me uh, today. Uh, when I travel somewhere, and I know some of my friends are traveling there too, and they're coming from some totally different direction. We didn't talk, and amen, we just uh, uh, show up at the, at, at, at the same time. And so, you know, God's got all that under control. And what a beautiful thought uh, that is, a wonderful thought. We could talk much about that. But so we see here, Rebecca unknowingly fulfills his prayer by offering water both to the servant and his camels. And then the servant is introduced to Rebecca's mother and her brother Laban. Oh boy, we learn more about him later, don't we? And he informs them of his mission and also the amazing answer to prayer. Right. And so Rebecca agrees to go with the servant and becomes Isaac's wife. We'll see that here. And Isaac anxiously awaits his bride in a field near Hebron. It's amazing how many times Hebron shows up there in the word of God and they became become husband and wife. This is one of the great chapters in all the Bible. Notice some things. Uh, that you'll see uh, when, you, when you read through here. One, Abraham, again, is a perfect type 
of the heavenly Father. Boy, isn't that a beautiful thing? Again, all the types as you read through the Word of God. Again, uh, we think about Jesus when he met with those on the road to Emmaus and he took them through Moses and the prophets, right, and the Psalms, and, and he went through the Word of God and he just said, that's me, that's me, that's me, showing all those types, amen? That's me, that's me, that's me, and that's what we're supposed to do when we go through the Word of God. That's him, that's him, that's him, that's him, amen? And this is a Jesus book. You know, I've had people tell me uh, when I've talked to people in other countries and they talk about different religions, they say, oh, Christianity, that's one of the youngest religions. It's only 2,000 years old. Why, there's religions a lot older than that. I say, well, first of all, it's not a religion, amen? Aren't you glad you don't have religion tonight? It's a relationship, amen? And 2,000 years ago is just the, when Jesus uh, uh, showed up in body, amen? But, oh, he in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, amen? And the Word, word uh, was with God, and the Word was God, Amen. And so he is the eternal, eternal God. And so I'm glad we don't have a religion. So here, uh, Abraham's a perfect type of the heavenly father. And it is the father who is planning a marriage for his beloved son. Amen. Aren't you glad the father is planning a marriage uh, for his beloved son? And we're going to get on that. Uh, Matthew 22 verses 2 and 3 say this. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son and set forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Aren't you glad that the day the Holy Spirit came by and said, hey, I got a wedding I'd like to invite you to, amen? And if uh, you'll just uh, get saved and put on these good garments, amen, amen, we'd like to have you come to uh, the wedding. So a beautiful thought there of Abraham, the father, amen, desiring, he desired a bride for his son. Aren't you glad? Listen, we, uh, Lord, of course, we talk about Jesus saving us, but aren't you glad that the Father had a desire for you, amen, before you got saved? And then Isaac is a perfect type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Isaac, like Jesus, he had been offered as a sacrifice. And then he seeks a bride. The father desired a bride for his uh, son, and then the son desired to have a bride. And so Isaac, like Christ, had been given all things of his father. Uh, notices verse uh, uh, 36 of Genesis 24. It says this, Genesis 24, 36 says, And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he hath. All that he hath. All, listen, all that was the father's was the son's. And we know that's the same, amen? All that is with God the Father belongs to God the Son as well. Philippians 2, 9 and 10 say this. Wherefore God, talking about Jesus, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. There's no name like Jesus. Acts 4, 12 says what? There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. There's no name like Jesus, and I love the name of Jesus. You know, you look at some of these names we're reading, and some of them are hard to pronounce. You know, a lot of times you think the preacher might have a cold because he hits some of those names right there and go, ah, right? He doesn't have a cold. He just can't pronounce some of them names. There's some tough names in the Bible. And God could have given, he said, well, this is going to be my son. I want to make sure he has a, a good long name, amen? And he could have given him a, a name that, you know, uh, take five minutes to pronounce. But what did he do? He gave him the simplest name. Why? Because when we come 
To get saved, we have to come as a child, right? And so he gave him a name that even a child can pronounce. You know, I think about going to all these countries and some, you know, you hear people talk about languages and how hard they are to understand. You know, some, some are simple like Spanish and usually these Latin-based languages are easy to understand, but uh, uh, some of these, uh, some of the Asian languages are, are pretty hard. And, uh, you know, when I had to learn Bulgarian, you know, the Slavic languages, uh, they're hard. And I'm sure uh, when Brother Wood was studying uh, uh, Kamai, did I get it right, Brother? Kamai? Okay, uh, Kamai, that you know, he does pretty good with that language. But listen, uh, I remember I thought there were some things I'd never learned to say. But do you realize no matter what country you land in, even though you may not be able to give a greeting right away, I guarantee you can ask somebody how to say Jesus. And I guarantee you can learn the name for Jesus in any language the first day that you arrive. So, boy, if you can walk around saying nothing but Jesus in that language, amen, you're doing pretty good. Aren't you glad he gave his son a simple name? And it's a name that's above every name. Verse 10 of Philippians 2, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. Amen. It all belongs to him, and one day it will all submit to him. The Father had given all to the hand of his son. And finally, Isaac, like Christ, loves his bride dearly. Loves his bride dearly. Notice verse 67 of Genesis 24. Verse 67 of Genesis 24 says this. Remember, uh, Rebekah comes and uh, riding in, and then she's introduced to Isaac, and it says, And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah. And she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And so, amen, just like Jesus, he loved his bride dearly. And, of course, it says this in Ephesians 5.25, Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And so Christ loves his church. And, of course, you're the church. Amen. He loves you. What a beautiful thought and picture that is. And so then we see Eliezer as a perfect type of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you watch this servant as he goes through the steps. And, and what a beautiful type of the Holy Spirit being sent out by the Father, amen, to get a bride for the Son. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing, right? The Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, right, and empowered the church. And now the Holy Spirit works through the church and is calling and searching out a bride and building a church and building a bride for the beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just amazing all through the word of God. Uh, the pictures you see, how, how all through the word of God, amen, uh, uh, God, it, it all comes down to uh, uh, the beloved son and what the beloved son wants to do in your life and through your life and that he wants to spend, amen, eternity with you. Isn't that a wonderful thing that he wants to spend eternity with you? And so the Holy Spirit is here, amen, convicting and saving saving and drawing people to be a part of the bride. The Holy Spirit, again, would come at Pentecost to gather the bride. And so while at Mesopotamia, Eliezer gave honor constantly to the father and son. Notice the, the, the servant never spoke of himself. He was either talking about the father or he was talking about the son. And that's so important when you understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
You have people out there that say they have the Holy Spirit, but they're always talking about the Holy Spirit. That's contrary to the word of God. Doesn't mean we can't mention the Holy Spirit, teach on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, teach the fact that the Holy Spirit is equal with God, God the Father, God uh, the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal. They're all God. They all manifest the same things. But as far as the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon this earth, he didn't come to speak of himself. Amen. He's either bragging on the Father bragging on the son and he came to do the will of the father to point people to the son just like that servant there notice that john 15 26 john 15 26 jesus talking about when the holy spirit would come jesus talking about when the the comforter would come and he says this but when the comforter has come whom i shall send unto you from the father there it is amen from the father just like Abraham from the Father, he'll send even the spirit of truth. Here it is. Which proceedeth from the Father. Where the servant come from? Who he came from the Father. And do what? He shall testify of me. Amen. Oh, that, aren't you glad the Holy Spirit came to your life that day and, and testified of Jesus and said, hey, he's the one you need. You know, it's always been accepting Jesus Christ has always been a matter of the Holy Spirit right, of God the Father through the Holy Spirit revealing who his son is. That's why I, I, I love it there in Matthew, right, when Jesus says, whom do men say that I am? Well, some think you're John the Baptist, some think you're that prophet, some think you're Jeremiah, but who do you say that I am? When Peter, he got it right, right? Thou art the Christ, the son of living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. And then what does he say? Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee. That's an amazing statement. Why? Because Jesus was standing in flesh and blood when he said that. So in other words, people say, well, you know, if Jesus ever shows up at my door, I'll believe him. No, you won't. No, you won't. Jesus could be, Jesus could physically walk in that door right now. And that doesn't mean anybody's going to jump up and suddenly get saved. The only way somebody's going to get saved is if when he did walk in, the Holy Spirit revealed, see that man right there? That's him. But you know what? The Holy Spirit doesn't need his body to be standing here to reveal it because now, right, he's spoken to us by his son. He's spoken through his word. We have a greater witness, Peter said. We have a greater witness than if Jesus was standing here in bodily form. We have the word of God. And through the word of God, he reveals, the Holy Spirit reveals, yes, that's Jesus. And he died for you and shed his blood for you, was buried and rose again the third day for you. It's always been a matter of faith that when the Father came by and through the Holy Spirit and pointed out who Jesus really is, that someone yielded to that truth and got saved. And so uh, uh, just as uh, uh, so I'm get, getting off my nose, but <laughs> just thinking about it, it's so exciting. Amen. Uh, how God works. Amen. And what a beautiful picture that. And he will testify of me. And that's what the privilege we have. The privilege we have of believers is to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, to be guided and controlled of the Holy Spirit of God. And when we are, who are we going to talk about? We're going to want to talk about Jesus. We're going to want to brag on Jesus. We're going to want to reach people for Jesus. That's how you can tell when somebody's being guided by the Holy Spirit. Oh, not because they, they do this and that. Oh, because they want to testify of the Lord Jesus Christ to others. Just like that servant did, right, in talking about Isaac, just like the Holy Spirit does in testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing 
that is. So let us notice next. So Rebecca is a perfect type of the church. Before anyone can enter God's true church, right, he or she must first favorably answer the question of the father's servant. Notice verse 58 of Genesis 24. Remember, uh, uh, they asked, they said, well, let's ask her. Does she want to go? Does she want to go? Look at verse uh, 58. It says this, and they called Rebecca and said unto her, wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Boy, that's that's the question. Said, hey, do you want to be the bride of this man? I will go. And that's basically what you're saying when you witness to somebody. Hey, do you want to go? Amen. Do you want to become part of the church? Do you want to become part of the bride of Christ? Well, to do that, you have to get saved. Are you willing to go? And immediately she said, I will go. That's all you have to do. It's that simple to get saved. It's that simple to become part of the bride. It's that simple, amen, to have a personal, daily, active, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Heavenly Father, through the Holy Spirit, is simply come and say, hey, I will go, and amen, and put my trust in him. So again, you see that beautiful picture of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, amen, and reaching out and getting the bride and bringing uh, it to the Son. What a wonderful thought there. Next, we go on and we see uh, uh, Abraham. Of course, we saw Sarah, Sarah died. And then so Abraham takes another bride. And so we just want to mention that. We'll move on to something else. Uh, but notice Genesis 25, verses 1 and 2. Say this. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. Now, just notice the sons, that, the children that were mentioned here. And she bare him Zimran and uh, Jokshan and Medan, and notice this one, and Midian and Ishbak and Shua. Now, this is interesting that this also was, uh, uh, these uh, were children of uh, Abraham, but it's important to note that Midian is mentioned. And so this was the fourth son who became the father of the Midianites, of course, who would later cause a lot of problems and much grief for the people of Israel as you go through the word of God. But uh, uh, notice verses 7 through 10 of Genesis 25 say this, And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, and hundred threescore and fifteen years. So he lived to be 175. And Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is before Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth. There was Abraham buried and Sarah, his wife. And so uh, uh, Abraham had an, had, an amaze, had, a, had an amazing life. But uh, it talks about Abraham's life in Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10. It says this, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, look at this, not knowing whither he went. Boy, can you imagine if Abraham would have had to raise support as a missionary? 
Amen? It, it just uh, What would his prayer card say? Hi, my name's Abraham. This is my wife, Sarah. Uh, where are you going? Ah, somewhere out there. That's all I can say. Somewhere out there. What an amazing thing. Uh, but, you know, and so I, you know, I, you know, I, I, you gotta, that's why you got to pray for these poor missionaries. But it says, by faith, he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Look, for he looked for a city which hath foundations who builder and maker is God. Boy, we're looking for that same city, aren't we? Amen. So he went out and he was a sojourner and he was a pilgrim uh, in his time. Hey, so I wrote this down. He didn't know where he was going, but he knew where he was headed. Amen. Hey, you ever feel that way? Hey, I don't know where I'm going some days, but thank God I know where I'm headed. Amen. Um, like they say, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down and looking forward to that day. Now let's notice, amen, uh, we'll begin on the life of Isaac before we finish up here. So Isaac, Isaac, interesting life. Of course, you hear a lot about Abraham and you hear a lot about Jacob and between there is Isaac. So Isaac has been described as the mediocre son, the mediocre son, right, of a great father and then the mediocre father of a great son. Right? Abraham, you hear a lot about him. And Jacob, of course, you hear a lot about him because he had the 12 sons and his name was changed to Israel. Right in there was sort of a mediocre Isaac, not too much about him. The main action of his life occurs at the following five places on a mountain, by a field, along some desert wells, in a Philistine apartment, and at a supper table. But I, 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 I want you to think about this. Isaac may have played the lesser role between two great roles, but his part was just as necessary. And that's important to remember. He might have played the lesser role, right, between two great roles, or he might have been the, the smaller player between the two well-knowns, but... His part was just as necessary and important and ordained of God. So you need to remember that. Just because you may not get the recognition others get, don't think that you are any less significant. You know, you hear about uh, 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 D.L. Moody. If I say, oh, who's heard of D.L. Moody? Probably everybody raise their hand. But then, of course, you say, okay, well, who led him to the Lord? Well, you probably wouldn't remember the name of that. I think it was, a, 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 you know, his Sunday school teacher there uh, that led him uh, uh, to the Lord. You think about these other uh, great men of God, right? Uh, but, in, but then ask, well, who, who led them to the Lord? Or who was the influence in their life? You probably wouldn't know the name, but oh, listen, uh, <laughs> listen, there would be no D.L. Moody if there wouldn't have been a Sunday school teacher with a heart, amen, uh, for those uh, uh, people. And so you have to remember uh, every time that D.L. Moody was used greatly of God and he was becoming that great evangelist and he was preaching around the world and, uh, and, and all of a sudden uh, uh, D.L. Moody had some, some, some great meeting and hundreds or thousands were saved. And, and God sort of looked over at his angel and said, hey, uh, uh, get me the D.L. Moody file. Uh, uh, we need to update that. And oh, why are you over there? You know, of course, God, God knew the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the teacher's name and said, and get his file too. And get his file too. Because every time D.L. Uh, Moody's uh, uh, file had to be updated, so did his file have to be updated. 
And uh, uh, we, we, we may sit here and uh, just, a, just a handful of people alongside the road in Greenville, uh, South Carolina. And, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes with everything going on, it may not seem like much is going on at times. But amen, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're su uh, supporting missionaries and, and we're helping others and encouraging others, amen. And maybe people that have been saved through this ministry, they're out somewhere and maybe you don't even know where they are now, but maybe they're doing, amen, uh, 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 some, some uh, great thing for God. And God said, oh, hey, uh, uh, we need to update uh, that missionary's file over there. But while you're uh, over there, get the file, amen, for Judy Johnson, amen. Uh, get the file for Choice Hills Baptist Church. We need to update their file too. Oh, so listen, when you're being faithful to God, when you're in your place, amen, and it seems like you're just doing the daily, the daily doings, amen, of being a faithful Christian, and sometimes it doesn't seem like it's exciting as maybe you like to be, and there's not as much going on as uh, you, you think it would be. Oh, listen, uh, don't ever take it lightly that you're being faithful, amen, and you're trusting God, and you're keeping the lights on, and you're keeping the doors open, and you're being faithful to put your, your, your missions in there and support those missionaries. Oh, don't ever think that's an insignificant thing. Don't ever think nobody's paying attention. Listen, God is paying attention. Amen. Hey, listen, I don't care if I'm the significant one, if you will, or the insignificant. Listen, I'm just glad to be a part of the team. I'm just glad to be in the work of God. And I don't think that Isaac felt bad, said, well, everybody knows my dad and everybody knows my son. I don't think he's pouting about that up in heaven. He's just glad he got to be part of that family. He's just glad he got to be part of the work of God. Amen. And so if he was the ones that held those two hands together over that time span, amen, he had a great important part. And so if you're just the one holding the hand of some missionary to keep him on the field, or you're just holding the hand of some uh, a saint while they're on their deathbed and, and being there for him, or whatever the case might be, don't ever think that what you're doing is insignificant, amen, or why others may get recognition. Oh, who cares who gets the recognition? Who cares who knows your name? It only matters that they know the name of Jesus Christ. And listen, we get to be part of the church and we get to be part of the team, amen, and we get to do, amen, the will of God faithfully. So don't, don't feel bad. Hey, uh, if somebody else can be Abraham, listen, I tell people, listen, really, I don't like to be in charge, amen. You say, what? Why? Because I'd rather somebody else get the blame. I mean, who wants to be in charge when you can give somebody? I'd rather somebody else get the blame for things, amen? If you're in charge, then you're the one that has to get the blame when things go wrong. But hey, that's, a, that's fine too. But hey, just to be part of the team, whether you're, whether, you're, whether you're Barnabas leading the way when it's Saul or you're willing to switch over when it becomes Paul and Barnabas, it doesn't matter if it's Barnabas and Saul or it's Paul and Barnabas, just to be, amen, faithful in the work of God. And so uh, Isaac, amen, he had his part and that's what matters. He did the will. That's what you're going to be judged for. Not whether your name is ever in lights, if you will, if you will, but whether you were just faithful to do the will of God in your life. And so listen, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, though they, they may not have all accomplished the same things as far as notoriety, they're all going to be judged for the same thing. So do you realize Isaac will be just as blessed as Abraham if Abraham did his best to do the will of God and Jacob uh, did his best to do the will of God and that's what God had for them, fine. But if Isaac did his best to do the will of God and for whatever reason God just had a less significant role for him, he'll be, he'll be blessed just the same because he did the will of God for his life. So forget about all the other stuff. Just focus on this. Not who knows me, he knows me. That's enough. And that, hey, I'm daily doing the will of God for my life. That's, 
That's what matters. Amen. I think, I think I'll just uh, stop right there because I know if I hit the ne next line, I'll go on. So what, 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 I mean, it's just, you know, of course, I didn't get halfway through what I wanted to get through. But what a, what, what a beautiful portion of scripture this is. Amen. To see the heavenly father caring about his son and seeing that servant go out there. And that's just played out today. Today, we're playing out that story. Amen. Uh, but on the big screen, if you will, with the heavenly father and God, the son and God, allowing the God, the Holy Spirit to work through us and build his local church. And we're becoming his bride. Amen. And one day we're going to see the marriage supper of the lamb. Right, Sister Pam? You know, I've been telling everybody that joke. I've been telling everybody that joke. Amen. You, that joke, Sister Pam. I can't believe Sister Pam told that joke the other day. Amen. We're all sitting around the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we see all of our heroes down through the ages, and we look over and we see Moses, and we say, hey, Moses, can you pass the manna? Hey, Jonah, you got any fish left? Right. Hey, Elijah, my steak's a little rare. Can you put a little more fire there? Hey, Lot, pass the salt. <laughs> I, just, I just can't believe she told that joke. But sorry, they know it all over New York now. They know it all over <laughs> <laughs> they know it all over New York. And I said, you would not believe the sweet little lady at our church that went around telling that. Amen. But we have something to look forward to. We're the bride of Christ. Amen. And one day we'll be sitting around. We'll be sitting around the table together. We'll see the great heroes of the faith. Amen. But you know what? They'll see you too. And you'll see dad and you'll see mom and you'll see brother, sister and children, all those that went before us. Amen. And what a wonderful thought that is. Let's pray. Lord, we could have said a lot more, but thank you for putting these stories in the Word of God, for recording them. Uh, dear God, to encourage us along the way, whether we're Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, it didn't really matter. What matters is that we get to be part of the family of God. And Lord, we get to serve you. And Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for saving our soul. Thank you, Lord, dear God, for giving us the Word of God that we can turn to and be encouraged. And Lord, I, again, I pray for those that are here tonight, those that are here, those that are listening. If anybody needs to be saved, if anybody just needs encouragement along the way, uh, Lord, please uh, help them. And Lord, I do thank you for those that are listening in and those that are here. Thank you for your faithful servants uh, here at this local church. God, bless them, uh, dear God, for their faithfulness, dear God. Help us not to get weary in well-doing, but Lord, help us to uh, stay in the fight, to stay in the battle, and as soldiers of the cross, to march on faithfully, uh, dear God, uh, doing your will and reaching others with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless each one, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Little as much, 219. In the harvest field now ripened, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the voice of God is calling to the harvest calling you. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. Does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known? 
It is great if God is in it, and he'll not forget his own. Little is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. On verse 3. Are you laid aside from service, body worn from toil and care? You can still be in the battle, in the sacred place of prayer. Little is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. When the conflict here is ended, and a race on earth is run, he will say, if we are faithful, welcome home, my child, well done. Little is much when God is in it, labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you'll go 